Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick. And this week, we are talking about micromanaging parents. Bum, bum, bum. And for that, I have an expert in this, Brittany Vogel. Hello, Brittany. Hey, Martha. Thank you so much for having me back yes. to Chronicles Brittany was on both of our infant episodes. So if you have not listened to those, you should just pause and go listen to them because they're excellent. Or listen to them after this. That's mm-hmm. okay, too. Of course. Um, but those are both really, really great episodes. Um But Brittany, Mm -hmm. for those that haven't listened, let's remind them of your background. Sure. So uh, for those who have never heard before, I'll kind of give you the full rundown. Yeah. Because it's a lot. (laughs) Um, So I grew up in the world of childcare because both my mom and my grandmother ran daycare centers out of their home when I was a kid. And I pretty much started babysitting as soon as humanly possible uh, when I was in middle school, actually. I think I was 12 when I took my first babysitting gig. And uh, I just kind of always really enjoyed it did it all throughout high school and when I got to college it was a good way for me to be able to make some money and and after leaving school I was like all right well I kind of really enjoy this I like doing it so let's try to make a career out of it so I've been a professional full-time nanny for about five years now Mm -hmm. that's great that's wonderful well and in those five years Mm -hmm. uh you have experienced some micromanaging parents yes uh unfortunately I think it's a it's a reality of this job and I think it's important especially if you're a newer nanny or you're kind of coming back to the scene after a long time to just say how can I either combat this or just feel good about um being able to manage it and, you know, feel good about going to work every day. Yes, totally. Um, And I actually had to call Brittany, uh, not to brag, but I actually have never experienced micromanaging parents. Um, The closest, I know, I know. Um, So I did a lot of research to help with this, but I won't be talking from personal experience at all. Um, The closest I have gotten has been with some allergy stuff, Mm. but that's understandably their medical stuff. Very particular about you have to take the EpiPens with you and you have to. I don't know if I'd call that micromanaging. Nope. I think I'd probably call that some good parenting. Yes, <laughs> I I completely agree. Um, so let's start with uh, 
I, I've heard that there's two mm-hmm. different types of micromanaging or that we, for yeah. the purposes of talking about them, can break down micromanaging parents into two different types. Yeah, I think there's kind of two different sectors of the micromanaging type parents, right? We have kind of the more mild micromanagers, you know, a lot of people might call them helicopter parents who mm-hmm. just kind of need to be in the knowledge about everything and are maybe kind of like a little annoying, you know, kind of little birds on your shoulder who are always kind of tweeting at you. Um, And then you have a little bit of the more aggressive micromanagers, right, who want to be in control of every single minute and every single moment and just don't want to relinquish that control even when they're outside of, you know, their nanny uh, being in their home or whatever right. it might be. Yeah. And I I know that there's a lot of overlap between work from home parents mm-hmm. and micromanaging parents. Um, and we will do a just work from home episode. So we're not going to talk too much about that. But the parents that are at home mm-hmm. and uh, want to watch you work. Yeah. It's, it's uh, while always, they try to work it's always very bizarre and and I do find um it's tough too because you almost start to micromanage yourself mm-hmm. sometimes when you have work from home parents like I remember I had a work from home situation and um I didn't want to let the child cry you know what I mean when right. we were doing like sleep training and and things like that and and as we talked about in our newborn and infant episode, it's important for children to cry sometimes. Yes. And uh, this was, you know, when I was a little bit of a younger, fresher nanny. And I was just like, oh, but she's working upstairs. She might be on a call. I don't want the child to cry. So I just let the child sleep in my arms. Right. You know, all day. Um, so it's also important for you as a nanny to recognize, like, okay, let's let's make sure that everyone is on the same page, that the communication is open. Obviously, if a parent is working from home, they're expecting to have a little chaos um, but I think having the parents who yeah literally want to work from home in the same room that you are always mm-hmm. always kind of blows my mind a little <laughs> me bit. Me too. I'm like why am I here? Right. Because the parents that work from home in an office I completely understand yeah. why I'm there Yeah, but the ones that are out and about mm-hmm. I, I would question why they want me there. And, um, and we were talking a little bit about before we started recording oftentimes that um, especially parents of newborns or mm-hmm. first-time parents or whatever it might be, especially in a work-from-home situation, but pretty much just in any situation, a lot of times it's just their own nervous energy or their own right. uh, desire to just want to be around the kid and just make sure that like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting this person and I do trust them, but I also want to make sure that I'm correct in placing my trust in them, right? Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, a lot about just showing the parents like yes I can handle these things that you're throwing at me I can do what is required of me and you don't have to you know be hawking on me to watch and make sure that I'm doing it you know right yes something that um we talked about in actually the nanny agency episode is coming in with that professionalism and just having that when I start with a new nanny family, I don't go in in my leggings uh, and sweatshirts right. for the first month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I put on cute dresses I or, you know, pants, and I try to look nicer. And that's for me as much as it is for the parents. I think it's, you know, um, a, while nannying is an amazing, fun, beautiful 
great career to have. I think um, oftentimes nannies can lose sight that it is a career. It's a professional mm-hmm. thing, you know. And if you have a parent who's micromanaging you, but then you're on your cell phone all the time or not really tending to the children the way that you're supposed to, you know. And I think uh, a lot of it is part of just the clear communication thing right. and making sure that the expectations – the parents have of you are very clearly established and communicated with you from day one Mm -hmm. um but also just making sure that you're following through with that and I think a lot of us also have to self-check in you know um a year in six months in whatever it might be to say am I still maintaining this you know what I mean am I still maintaining that professionalism am I still maintaining the decorum that these parents expect of me you know because I think like we said a lot of it is just these parents oftentimes just have this kind of nervous anxiety of course about leaving their child you know and I think the more that you can establish like they're in good hands the sooner the better yes and I also have found if I over plan the first couple of months Mm -hmm. like go in with a plan every day a flexible plan of course obviously but go in with a plan of like these are some activities that I can fall back on for those moments Mm -hmm. when I'm just like oh man we got a lot of energy right (laughs) Right. now huh um I find that that is super helpful to both me the child and the parents of being like this is what I have planned for today and I'm showing them that I am thinking about this off the clock too Mm -hmm. and that I care enough to come up with a plan and then from there they seem to hand over the reins of how the day is going to go a little bit more well and I think oftentimes too it's kind of that fine line between uh, you know, am I being treated like a babysitter or am I being treated like a nanny? Right. You know what I mean? And I think the term nanny and that connotation just comes with a little bit more professionalism, a little bit more esteem, things like that. And um, I think that if you really, as a nanny, bring those things like activities or, you know, just things to do, places to go, whatever it might be, um, parents really can, I think, respect that a little bit and mm-hmm. just say like, okay, clearly – they do know what they're talking about. Like, yes, of course, we interviewed them and, you know, got us all on the same page. But still, just to make sure that, yes, we are all on the same page. We are all feeling good. We are all feeling happy. I can breathe a little bit. Because I think, yes. especially uh, for maybe moms who are going back to work for the first time since they've given birth. Mm-hmm. But even dads, too, you know, of just saying, like, I understand that you are leaving this precious thing with me. <laughs> and, you know it is in good hands basically (laughs) yes also I think uh from the jump having a contract I Mm -hmm. think I may have said this on every episode but having a contract get a contract get a contract (laughs) it clearly lays out exact the exact expectations and I think that some micromanaging comes from unclear expectations and that's maybe because the parents haven't They didn't think about it all the way through. And if you're forced to write a contract, that forces you to think through exactly what you expect of your nanny. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more, Martha. Um, And I think that kind of also leads into, you know, during the interview process, don't be afraid to speak to your nanny family about or potential nanny family about Mm -hmm what they do expect from you you know do you expect me to do chores do you expect me to take the kids out or not take the kids out or you know what do you want me to do with them all of those things you know yes a nanny family is interviewing you Hmm. to make sure that you're a good fit for their family but you also have to make sure that they're a good fit for you you know this is a, a career that 
you know, you don't just turn it off when you walk away at the end of the day. You know, there's emotions involved. There's heart involved. These are literally children that you're helping raise, you know. And I think it's important that uh, you find parents and you find a family that fits with you as a person and as a nanny. And um, finding people who you can really kind of jive with is a big step in making sure that uh, you don't feel micromanaged at the end of the day. Yes. And knowing yourself, for example, I know that I am very bad about leaving one thing behind (laughs) at least once a week. Sure. And so if that is something, if I can tell walking into a house that that is not going to fly. Right. Then that might not be the family for me because it's it's not from lack of trying. Oh, I don't want to leave yeah. my water bottle, but I <laughs> but do. But I leave it about once a week yeah. because I get focused on the kid and Absolutely. put it somewhere. Of course. Um, and I think it's really important because uh, for me as a nanny, I know my personal style is I really like to um, – be very active with the kids. Mm-hmm. I like to go to the park. I like to go to the library. I like to go to the museums. I don't like to just sit around and watch them play all day. I really like to um, kind of, especially living here in Chicago, we have right. so much abundance of things to do. I really like to allow the children to explore that. And I've been in past situations and I've interviewed with past families who tell me, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with that. And I will say, okay, that's great. That's your absolute right as a parent to decide, you know, how to raise your child. But then it's also for me as a nanny, is this really a family who I want to commit to for right. long term? Right. Yes. Yes. So knowing for something that you can do going into the interview process or starting with a new family, mm-hmm. even beyond the interview process as you're thinking about whether or not you want to accept the job, mm-hmm. uh, knowing yourself really well will help you avoid some of these clashes absolutely that could lead to you feeling micromanaged when maybe a different nanny wouldn't feel as micromanaged because the styles overlap more absolutely and that's not to say that things would never come up you know I certainly interviewed with families so I'm like oh my god this is Perfect. <laughs> this is exactly who I want to be with. You know, I can definitely give an example. I, um, I like Martha, I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. And I uh, interviewed with a family and they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's going to be very laid back. You're going to have about four hours, five hours of a break during the middle of the day while the kids are at school. It's going to be like so chill. And I'm like, <laughs> amazing that sounds perfect I can go on auditions in the middle of the day this sounds great and uh so I accepted the job Mm -hmm. and I got about a week in before I realized that um the family was just um a little too over involved with what that five hour break meant for me oh um so there was a lot of uh oh well can you dust the shelves in their rooms and oh oh, why don't you go to the grocery store and get these specific things to make these specific lunches and then you can get this exact coloring book and I'm just like oh my not quite as calm and relaxed (laughs) as I thought it was going to be yeah that's a really good example and uh perhaps some different questions in the interview could have helped so let's transition into uh ways to spot micromanaging those aggressive micromanagers from the interview totally my number one question that I always ask parents when I go in for an interview to kind of 
gauge what their style of parenting is going to be like and what they're going to be like as a uh, potential employer is I will always ask them, what would you like a possible day to be like for me to you know, be with your kids? What do you see happening every single day? And if you kind of get them to explain what they have in their heads, oftentimes you can say, okay, well, how much does that overlap with mine? Mm -hmm. You know, because if a parent goes to me, well, at seven o'clock, little Susie is going (laughs) to wake up and then at 7.15, she's going to eat, you know what I mean? All these things. You're like, um, you're either totally unrealistic about what things are going to happen or maybe you might kind of be a little bit of a micromanager. Um, So those are often things that you can kind of ask in the interview and spot. And like I said, you are also interviewing them. They're mm-hmm. not just interviewing you. So don't be afraid to ask things like, you know, um, what do you think you – how do you think you are as an employer? You right. Know what I mean, that's a fine question to ask. Like don't feel like you can't ask them, especially because if you are hoping to commit to a family long term for a year, two years, three years. I know nannies who have been with their families for a decade. You know yeah. what I mean? You want to make sure that, you know, they're not just – nice people but they're good employers for you yes that is so true um and then I also think that asking about nanny cams Mm. in the interview Mm -hmm. um what are your thoughts on nanny cams I am going to do an episode about it I I've never experienced them personally Mm -hmm. um I I know from teaching in a classroom Mm -hmm. that I I don't like that much um pressure yes. <laughs> and observation i'm i'm totally the same way i've never had a nanny cam on at least i know of right yeah uh, exactly i've never had a nanny cam on me um and i have always said i don't know if i would feel comfortable having a nanny cam on me because at least for me personally as a nanny i feel like if you're trusting me mm-hmm. with your child you're going to trust me with your child yes you know what i mean because i will always yeah you feel that pressure of like am I being watched are they watching me right now you know all those types of things and I feel like that kind of anxiety rubs off on the kids you know I do too I do too and like we said before about like the the crying letting kids Mm -hmm. cry or throw the tantrum and saying I'm I'm not gonna give you a cookie right we talked about this depending on when a parent turns on the nanny cam and exactly. turning on a nanny cam in the middle of a tantrum and I'm sitting there watching it, they might think a very different situation is going down, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, so it's it's never come up for me personally, yeah. but I did by reading on the nanny blogs and things like that, it is, nanny cams are a red flag of micromanagers. I completely agree. Um, and so if you know, check in with yourself about if that's something that you can deal with mm-hmm. because it doesn't necessarily mean a micromanager. Right. However, <laughs> it does potentially mean one because a lot of the nannies on the nanny groups were talking about how the nanny cams then come with text messages of mm. why didn't you cut all of the grapes in half yep. or, you know, things like that. And and I think, like you said, it's just about finding those little things and there's different degrees that everyone can handle you know something Mm -hmm. that might really really super bother me might not bother you and I think that's why it's really really important to ask those questions and I also think it's really important so you've asked the questions during the interview and you're feeling really good and you're feeling really secure don't be afraid to ask for a 
uh, like a trial. Yes. If your nanny family isn't going to ask for a trial. If they just go out there and offer you the job right away, don't be afraid to say like, hey, would you mind if I come in for one or two days next week just to make sure that everyone is on the same page? Because I often find that during those trials, when I have a moment to speak to the parents, because oftentimes they are there for maybe Mm -hmm. an hour or two of that trial or whatever it might be, I can get a much, much clearer picture because it's not necessarily like the prim and proper of the interview. You know, you kind of get to really see like, okay what is this mom like what is this dad like what is this home environment like when it's Mm -hmm. not like a super hyper professional interview it's just a regular every day and with the kids there because a lot of times the interview the Mm -hmm. kids aren't there and so you get to see the parent interact with the kids which that is also I think a really good way of spotting micromanagers because micromanaging parents will often micromanage their kids yes and so if they're letting their kids put on their own shoes and you know handle Mm -hmm. things that they can handle with babies it's harder because you have to do everything but if they're toddlers how much they let them do how much chaos are they going Mm -hmm. to allow when I feel like even with like yes toddlers it's much easier to tell but even with newborns I find that you can tell with parents you know how much do they personally want to be holding the child while you are there are they you know are they okay with putting the child on the floor to have a conversation with you for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. you know what I mean those types of things like yes of course, a baby is totally reliant on you, so they're right. not really going to be able to do that. But I think that you can kind of tell the demeanor of the parents a lot, no matter what, just through interacting with them, you know. So don't be afraid to, even if your nanny family doesn't request a trial, don't be afraid to request that for yourself. Yes, I completely agree. And you said one or two days. I've seen also like two weeks, oh, yeah. checking in at two weeks. Well, and and um, going back to the contract, you know, don't also be afraid to have a, a stipulation in there that says we're going to reevaluate after a month Mm -hmm. you know um it's hard as nannies because we are emotionally invested and because this can be a tough market to get a good job that with a good family that you feel pays you uh, adequately um but don't be afraid to really say like is this in my best interest as a nanny you know because I think it's um it's a hard enough job as it is mm-hmm. it's makes it even harder when you feel like you can't go to work every day because you can't really work you're just right regurgitating what other people want from you yes um another thing that I read was that you're so if, well <laughs> I know I did a lot of reading today while the little one napped um but w- another thing that I read is that if micromanaging happens later Mm -hmm. that you should one check in with if anything has changed on your end absolutely um are you slacking are you starting to get on yourself the sophomore slump yeah yeah I'm here for a couple months I feel good I feel comfortable I know what to expect from the kids um you know nannying is a is a very easy job to get lazy in yes um and I think it's very important that you you know maintain the level of professionalism that you came in at the start with you know maybe you Mm -hmm. won't be quite as hyperactive about a schedule every single day but still saying like I'm not just sitting on the couch on my phone I'm not just turning on a movie every single day I'm still keeping the kids engaged I'm making sure that they're reaching their you know year milestones or whatever it might be right and challenging them so if you've checked in with yourself and you're like no I really feel like I I'm still performing at the same level then also 
think about your the parents and has something changed for them and you might not know Mm -hmm. but if if there is something did they just change jobs did they just get a promotion because micromanaging is a sign of needing control in some way Mm -hmm. and if they're if they're feeling like they're losing control in another aspect of their life their children are so important to them and you are getting to interact with their children and so trying to control you is a subconscious way of trying to regain some control in their life. Absolutely. And that's why I will always say the number one thing that you need to look for in a nanny family is a family that's open to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Because I think oftentimes these little micromanaging issues can be nipped in the bud with a simple conversation. Yes. You know? And that's why I will always say time and time again, communication is the number one quality that you can have as a nanny and that you can look for in a nanny family. Because I personally feel that a lot of these kind of mini microaggressions or mini um really any issue right in a nanny family can really be solved with good communication and if you're keeping those lines open from day one mm-hmm. I think it's much much easier you know don't be afraid to go to your nanny family and say like hey do you mind if we have a check-in you know I've been noticing some things I just want to get on the same page or hey I'd love you know I'm coming up on six months with you guys I'd love a review to talk about my performance what I could be doing better and, yes. and all of those things oftentimes parents don't even realize <laughs> what they're doing right you know like you said it's a subconscious thing that they're just stressed out or they are noticing something and maybe they don't know how to communicate it to you or whatever it might be but if you just kind of open up those doors and say I'm open to you guys giving me critique and giving me feedback um, that helps them feel more comfortable you know and if we go back to a lot of the parents kind of micromanaging is a lot of their anxiety and nervousness Mm -hmm. and wanting to control things once again if you're open to saying what can I do to make this easier? What can I do to make this better? They're automatically going to kind of soften and calm down a little bit, you know, especially yes. if they're just kind of like those little mini ones that are just kind of like, oh, that's, that's a little <laughs> weird. She wasn't doing that last month. Let's check in. Right. Another thing to consider doing is if you're feeling micromanaged, to ask to take on a project with the kids from beginning to end. So can I make an entire dinner with the kids, Mm -hmm. go to the grocery store, get all the stuff, find the recipes probably mm-hmm. before you go to the grocery store <laughs> you can tell I don't I'm not a great cook <laughs> I order HelloFresh um, but and get all the ingredients and cook and measure and mm-hmm. s- do the place settings and then and have everything cleaned up by the time mom and dad get home <laughs> exactly exactly and I think that doing something like that showing them that you can complete a task Mm -hmm. on your own from beginning to end and then saying at the end of it can we talk about things that I could have done better Mm -hmm. or anything like that but having a task like that from beginning to end showing that you can plan and think through things because a lot of times it might just be a a trust issue Mm -hmm. not in the normal way of like they don't trust you with the children but they they don't trust that you can do a task it's almost like um sometimes parents like to set up mini little robots 
blocks, even if it's yeah. unconsciously, but these put up these little roadblocks to see how you handle them. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you are a long-term nanny, if you have been with them for a long time. Um, once again, kind of going back to, am I getting a little comfortable? I'm, or is this getting a little stagnant? Whatever it might be. You know, sometimes parents just put these little things in just to see what happens. Not right. that they would fire you if you know something didn't change or whatever it might be but just to see like you know is this nanny growing as my family is growing right yes and then another thing to think about doing if you are dealing with a micromanaging family is when they aren't micromanaging you Mm -hmm. commenting on it and saying thank you for trusting me with this um reinforcing positive behavior like we do with the kids not in the same way but it does it really does and I think that's really important and I think parents appreciate that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because I think uh for most parents anyway I don't think necessarily this goes for everyone but I think most parents want their nannies to feel good and comfortable and like they're a member of the family you know what I mean and I think that if you show your appreciation for them giving that to you I think it's it's big and just making sure that everyone feels good and appreciated because if they feel good and appreciated then they're going to make sure that you feel good and appreciated which is what we all want at the end of the day um so I think once again just keep that communication open you know talk to the parents don't be afraid to say hey I've noticed things have been a little tough lately do you mind if we have a check-in at the end of every single week Mm -hmm. until this resolves itself you know and don't be afraid to be proactive on that even Mm -hmm. if the parents aren't micromanaging you maybe take a moment to micromanage yourself say you know I've really noticed that you know my my two-year-old or my three-year-old is really really having a tough time you know transitioning to no naps or into preschool or whatever the situation might be but don't be afraid to say like hey I've noticed you know the child is having this difficulty do you mind if we sit down and talk about it you know Mm -hmm. so that way the parents if they do have a moment you know in a year or something where they go oh I don't know should we keep an eye on that they can recall past times where they say, you know what, Brittany actually came to us last time. It seems like she's on top of things. You know, let's let her try to handle this and, and see how it can go. You know, it's mm-hmm. like just being proactive uh, will kind of help those mini, um, you know, aggressions from coming up later on as yes. well. Yes. And also, if you are not using a daily communication log, that I think will work wonders for micromanaging because the daily communication log is a good way for parents to feel like they were involved in your day and know exactly when big things happened Mm -hmm. like poops and (laughs) the big ones the big ones um but because that is important information for parents to have and Mm -hmm. so I can understand why they would want it but you having to stop and text them answers to their questions Mm -hmm. about what's going on throughout the day is taking away from the child and even phrasing it that way of I you know I really don't like texting throughout the day because I feel like I'm not able to pay as much attention to Susie Mm -hmm. or whatever and so I I would love to start a communication log where I could just jot down what we did and the specific times that we did it and then you have all that information organized for you. And my other favorite thing to do is if you do have a parent who's like a super big texter, Mm -hmm. um, what I like to do is oftentimes I'll say like, 
you know, if they're like texting me and we're trying to run out to the park, I'll say, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, we're headed to the park right now. I will recap you while the kids are sleeping. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that way they can feel updated throughout the day, but not necessarily like in the exact moments. Right. So they, they can know like, oh, well, they're going to the park or whatever it might be. I'll get updated later on you know uh and my other favorite thing to do in addition to the daily log because I do think a little journal is so great to do but whatever pictures I take with the kids Mm -hmm. I start uh for those of you who have apple this will be super easy but there's so many um like photo sharing cloud things out there start like a photo album with your nanny parents and say hey if I take a cute picture of the kids at the park I'm going to upload it automatically so it's there for them you know and if you know they can get like a nice little surprise throughout the day and go oh they're so cute at the farmer's market or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. I completely agree yeah I send a lot of pictures because they're worth a thousand words Mm -hmm. and also I feel like that just sets them at ease of like my kids are smiling they're having fun they're doing this and I love doing that too one of my favorite stories to share is I had a family who I don't know if I'd call them like super, super intense micromanagers, but definitely liked to be in the know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot at work. And I remember I took a picture of um, their child and and she had one hand leaned up against the window and was just kind of like staring out the window. And I remember <laughs> snapping a picture and sending it to them. And they actually like printed it out and to this day have that picture Aww. framed in their house, you know. So really a picture genuinely is worth a thousand words and it really does help the parents feel like they're there when they're not yes I completely agree and then that brings us to the the final thing to talk about of asking yourself is this workable Mm -hmm. so if you do find yourself in one of those aggressive micromanaging you've tried some of these strategies Mm -hmm. and it's just not getting better and you feel lost Mm -hmm. Asking yourself, is this a workable situation? Yeah. And really checking in with that and being okay with looking for a new nanny family. I think the biggest thing is obviously, you know, hey, can we have a communication? All those things. Um, But I think number one thing, you need to have an actual conversation with the parents about saying, I'm feeling really, really burdened by, you know, the requirements you're asking of me or I'm feeling very um, smothered in the amount of um, you know recon that you want from me on the regular or whatever it might be and it might just be that it's not a good fit and I think that that's one of the hardest things to realize as a nanny especially with a family who you thought was going to be an amazing fit Mm -hmm. you know Um, but I think you're right I think it's about checking in with yourself because Oftentimes, micromanaging parents, it doesn't have anything to do with you. No. You can be doing everything completely right and it will still maybe not be a good fit. And, um, you know, like you said, so oftentimes you've done your due diligence, you've asked the right questions in the interview, you've done the trial, you've tried the little mini conversations, you've tried taking on big tasks. But sometimes um, the micromanaging is just in a person's DNA. Right. And I think you... Um, can't be afraid to be honest with yourself and say is this something that I can do every single day Mm -hmm. you know and it's okay to say no Mm -hmm. and it's okay to say yes too if you say you know what I can manage I can manage this I can 
deal with this, you know, but that has to be a you call. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to be a completely judgment call and your friend can't make that decision and your mom can't make that decision. (laughs) Like you have to make that decision because you have to work that job 30, 40, 50 hours a week, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I have left nanny jobs before because me and the parents weren't a good fit. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because it doesn't really oftentimes have to do with the kids or anything. It just has to do with the environment. And um, I think the more you can just be honest with yourself, the easier it will become. You know, of course, I think you should have conversations with the parents before to see and, and really explain to them like, this is what I'm used to or this is what I was assuming that was going to come from this job or you know when we spoke in the interview you said this is what you wanted a day for me to look like and that's not really what it's looking like you know it might just be the parents don't realize that they're being so intense or whatever it might be but you know some parents are just that way you know Mm -hmm. and if you feel like you can handle it like (laughs) boss and go to work every day and kill it you know right um but it's also okay to say, I don't know if this is something I can do yep. every single day for the next year or two years or five years or however long you're hoping to be with a family, you know? Right. Because there are families out there who will be on your same wavelength, who will be on your same style. And it's not fun to have to continue the search to find that family. No. But it is 100% worth it. It really is. And also keep in mind that there there probably is a nanny whose threshold is Mm -hmm. different than yours, who would be a good fit. Or who is that exact same way Mm -hmm. as the mom or the dad or the parents or whoever is taking care of the child, you know? There's plenty of micromanaging nannies that I know, you know? And I think, um, you know, that's why it is important to try to suss as much of that out in the interview in like Mm -hmm. the early first few weeks of a nanny job. But, you know, if it's six months in and you're like, this just has not gotten any better, you know, it's okay to say like, all right, maybe I'm going to reactivate my care.com profile and and see what's out there, you know? Um, The kids will feel better Mm -hmm. when the parents and the nannies are on the same page. The parents will feel better when the kids, you know, everyone's on the same page and you will feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, oftentimes I think parents and nannies both underestimate how much the relationship between the nanny and the parents make. Um, But it really does, you know, when tensions are high, when things are a little difficult, uh, even if you try not to have that rub off on the kids, there is a little bit of that still there, you know, and you want to make sure that the kids are the number one priority. And if your style, if your you know, vibe isn't the same as the parents, it's okay to say, I think your kids would have a better time having a nanny who this is exactly what you want from them. And that's not me. And I'm so sorry about that. But it's not me, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say you're not going to get shunned (laughs) from the nanny world. You're not going to never find a job again, you know. Um, As I always like to say, you know, care.com and Sitter City are really match.com for nanny gigs. Because (laughs) I, I really do think it's that important of finding the right fit and the right family. And just be patient with yourself and be patient with the families who are out there because you will find the right one. It just takes a little time. It does. And then one more thing to say is that if this is something that you're struggling with, I would also recommend listening to the Boundaries episode with Katie Leineke because we touch on some of these things too because micromanaging is an issue of boundaries as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And so listen to that episode. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it here because – 
I talked about it there. <laughs> um, but that's a good one to listen to if, if this is something that you're struggling with and, and want more, you, yeah. um, more information. Is there anything else? No, honestly, I feel like we touched a lot, you know, the big topics, you know, too yeah. long, didn't listen. Um, but the big topics were just keep care, clear communication open. Don't be afraid to go into an interview or an early nanny process with questions for your family to make sure that you're a good fit. Does that mean doing the kids laundry in their dishes or sweeping or, you know, whatever it might Dusting. be, you know, get exact answers. Don't be afraid to get a contract that outlines everything that you talked about so that way any question that comes up can be referred to in the contract. Don't be afraid to set up a trial to make sure that, yes, this is good family. And don't be afraid to do those check-ins mm -hmm. with yourself, with the parents, with the kids, you know. Do it weekly, do it monthly, do it yearly. You know, don't be afraid to reassess often. Yes. And be honest with those reassessments. You know, just because a family was a great fit for you for six months doesn't mean that they're going to continue to be a great fit for you. And like we said, um, the kids benefit the most when the parents and the nannies are all on the same page. So don't be afraid to ask that of your employer. Yes, I completely agree. Well, if you have been listening to this and enjoying it, uh, please go on iTunes and write a review for Chronicles of Nania. That's the best way for us to be seen by more eyes. Um, and then that gets us more listeners. It's a, a wonderful, self-fulfilling prophecy of... Win-win <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, it's a win-win for everyone. Um, and then also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Chronicles of Nania will get you there every time. And then we end each episode with a fun story. And I had one that happened to me this week that I just can't not share because it delighted me so it's much. Too good. Beat my story. Very, very much so. <laughs> um, so we were sitting at lunch and we've started uh, to play music during lunch um, because we've had some issues with talking with our mouths full mm. um, and so as a way to to scaffold ourselves <laughs> to not talk sure. we have started playing some music I had finished my lunch and we were listening to Moana and so I was singing along to how far I'll go because that's what you do you have you can't to not sing exactly such beautiful music and uh, the the five-year-old boy that I nanny goes Martha why are you singing along this song is about Moana not Marthana <laughs> And I just, I laughed yeah. and I said, you're right. You're, you're right. I couldn't. Like what, what else can you say to that? I know. You know? And it was so clever. Yeah. I congratulated him on how clever he was. And I was just like, that was a sick that was burn. That was good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop singing. You won this round, kid. <laughs> One for you. <laughs> so wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for of being course. here. Of course. I was so happy to be back. Thank you so much, Martha. And is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. The upcoming weekends in May, mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a brand new theater here in Chicago called Theater Above the Law, which is in Ooh. the Macaw Theater space up in Rogers Park. And every weekend in May, you can see me playing the role of Cheryl in What Rhymes with America. So if you guys find yourselves in Chicago, please come see me. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, be sure to check that out, Chicago Nannies and anyone visiting Chicago in the month of May. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being here. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.